For my ally is the Force. And a powerful ally it is. Life creates it. Makes it grow. Its energy surrounds us and binds us. Luminous beings so we, not this crude matter. You must feel the force around you. Here, between you, me, the tree, the rock, everywhere. I am a Jedi, like my father before me. Don't know the power of the dark side. If you strike me down, I shall become more powerful than you can possibly imagine. I got a bad feeling about this. Welcome to episode 99 of Blue Harvest. I'm your host, Halls Burkhart. And I'm your host, Will Witten. And we are coming to you on May the 6th. But this is actually being recorded on May the 4th. May the 4th be with you guys. I hope you all had an excellent Star Wars day. I myself am... Uh, feeling a little under the weather because hopefully just because of allergies hopefully it's not the con crud making a empire strikes back like return on the hoth system that is my immune system the bacteria this is the six million dollar bacteria if it is it got rebuilt and made stronger <laughs> yeah disney bought that shit 4.5 million dollars billion dollars well anyway uh, before we get into the evening's festivities, I need to take care of something that I forgot to take care of last week, and that is uh, the business. Oh. Like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash blueharvestpodcast. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at blueharvestpod. Email us at blueharvestpodcast at gmail.com. We have shirts and stuff for sale, although... I don't know for how much longer because we have been hit with our first DMCA takedown notice for one of our t-shirts from uh. Disney Lucasfilm. I guess that's a sign of hitting the big time a little bit, my friend. We got our first DMCA takedown notice. Oh, shit. But we'll get into that in just a second. Before they may hit some of our other shirts, if you would like one of those, you can get them at tpublic.com slash user slash Blue Harvest Podcast. And we are so, so thrilled to be part of the Making Star Wars Podcast Network, along with such amazing, great, beautiful people and shows as Making Star Wars is Now This Is Podcasting, Steel Wars, Rebel Girl, Rogue One, a podcast for those that dare to dream, Idiot's Array, Tarkin's Top Shelf, Cantina Cast, uh, Cargo Hold, uh, and uh, First Order Transmissions. 
So there we go. There's a little business. So that was a good business. You know, that was the <coughs> business to me uh, is like that first cold sip of a nice frosty beer. You know, it's so refreshing the way you give that business. I think that bit, I was a little rusty on the business this time. I think that was kind of like that beer you go and get out of the fridge a little too early. And you're like, damn it, I should have given it like another 20 minutes, mm. 30 minutes. No, it's cold. The mountains aren't blue. <laughs> Does Scores still do that with the color-changing mountain cans? I assume so. I, I just haven't. The, the Coors I buy, you know, in my adult life are banquet beers. Mm. So... And I don't think they have the blue, the color change of mountains on them. I think that's just the lights. I actually prefer living the high life, the champagne of beers. The champagne of beers. You know what I figured out? Like, I don't know. It was a couple of years after Jesse and I started dating. We went out one Halloween and had a few to quite a few beers. And like, it just hurt my stomach for days afterwards. Like, yeah. And I was drinking those real heavy, fucking fancy exotic beers that everybody yeah. likes you know what i mean craft yeah, beers craft and stuff beers, yep. i think I, I just think my redneck ass isn't meant to have that kind of thing i think my system's like Psh, that's too fancy for you boy too much hops so i didn't drink beer i that that i did not have beer for years after that because i was like is it worth it no i can drink an old-fashioned and just get a regular fucking liquor sickness like everyone else and, and i uh, feel like liquor burns cleaner in your system it's like, you know, it's cleaner burning fuel, that liquor in your in your system, especially if it's quality liquor. If you buy cheap liquor, you know, the side effects are worse, but... Well, and what I recently discovered is high life doesn't bother me all that bad, so... Huh. Probably because it's, you know, 90% water. Yeah, I was about to say the more watery beers probably run right through you. Michelob Ultra, high life. <laughs> Clear, clearly, uh... A sign that you can take the redneck out of the backwoods, but you can't take the uh, redneck out of the... I don't know. Fuck it. Like I said... Tell me about this uh, cease and desist. Okay. So, a couple of nights ago, I got an email from Public saying, one of your designs has been removed from your store. And immediately upon getting that, I think to myself, Oh... I bet you it's the Kia D Ride the Lightning shirt because that's a double whammy. It's a Star Wars shirt and a Metallica shirt. And Metallica is notoriously butthurt well, about that kind of stuff. They're right? notoriously litigious for sure with that right. sort of thing. So I opened up the email and surprise, surprise, it's not the Kia D Ride the Lightning shirt. It's the, our new, the new version of the Blue Harvest Samurai shirt, like our new really? logo. Yeah. Which I honestly can't see how they took that down because it doesn't say Star Wars anywhere on the shirt. Our old version with the red design in the background behind the samurai, st yeah. still up on the store. And it says a Star Wars podcast on it. It actually says the word Star Wars on it. In the, in the Star Wars font, right? Yeah. And the new one, the one that's like the combination of Ben's logo design and Ed, um, Evan's... Um, samurai design doesn't right, the say one i'm looking at right now as your yeah your emblem on skype yeah the one that's our cover art right now that's the one they took down and like we're not dressed as star wars characters we're samurai we've got katanas that look kind of like lightsabers but so, they're katanas I, I especially think... in the concept that we're a samurai mm -hmm, mm -hmm. is it the um oh my goodness my my star wars card is going to be checked what's the the language 
The Arabesh? Arabesh. Yeah. Is it the Arabesh? It could be. It could be the fact that it says Blue Harvest. You know they've got that shit trademarked, but right. Um, so unfortunately, guys, if you wanted one of those shirts, they are not currently available. I'm gonna let the because we were by far not the only people that got hit with a DMCA takedown um, in the Star Wars podcasting world. Uh, Rogue One also got a couple of taken down. Making Star Wars got hit with a couple. Um, our buddies over at Podcast 2187 got one of theirs taken down. So, clearly, they sort of went on a spree of takedown notices on Public. A purge, if you will? So, <clears throat> right now, my plan is to give it a couple of weeks, let things die down, and then try to get that design back up. Maybe have Evan tweak it a little bit so it's not the exact same design. Right. Maybe replace the banner in the background with a moon that's got the logo on it. I don't know. I need to text Evan and and uh, see what we can do about that. Um, but we're going to try and get that design back up because, A, it's a badass design. It takes two wonderful pieces of artwork that our great buddies did for us and combines them. But and also, smooshes them together. But also, like, it's the one that, like... If they okay, like if Metallica said you gotta take that ride the lightning parody shirt down, I'd be like, "All right, all right, guys, thanks for letting us have fun while we were at it." You know, yeah, it's a it's a great design. It's it's you know my favorite, right? I love that fucking design, but I could see right. them getting a little butt hurt about it. Even though I still feel like it falls under the canopy of parody. Like I think legally it's a parody shirt, so it should be allowed to be sold. Right, and it's not like we're making billions millions even <laughs> thousands off of these shirts you know what i'm saying it's not like we're right. raking in the dough living large yeah you know we we it's haven't not like these the, show these shirts are popping up in in disney world and people are like who's got oh, we don't sell that shirt you know like you know i want to cut of that we sure i did I will say that, but uh, I mean, you're tr you're right. But I sure did see a lot of Blue Harvest and Rogue One shirts at Celebration. That was at nice. Celebration, where where they belong, where the people go. <coughs> I am so sorry, guys. These allergies, my man. That's um, quite all right. So, besides the DMCA takedown notice, there is something else we need to discuss. Something very important about today, uh, and it's not just that it's. Star Wars Day. Today is the two-year anniversary of this goofy little podcast that Will and I do. Dos años. Two years already. Doesn't it seem like it flew by? It does. It doesn't feel like it's been two years. Yep. Maybe it's just been two really busy years. For sure busy, but also awesome. I'm telling you, uh, you know... It got announced in 2012 that Lucasfilm um, had purchased, or, or that Disney had purchased Lucasfilm, right? And that the first Star Wars movie was going to be out in three years' time, in 2015. And boy, were, were those first two years after that the longest fucking two years just waiting and hoping for any kind of news about these new star wars movies true enough and it got to the point where like 
there's two reasons I, well, more than two, but two of the main reasons I wanted to start this podcast was it got to the point where I was driving Jesse legitimately and understandably crazy because just about every day she had to hear me talking about, ooh, guess who's rumored to be in Star Wars? Or guess who they're talking about is going to direct Star Wars? But the one that really used to annoy her, and like I said, understandably, a couple of times she'd, a day she'd hear me be like, it's so far away. Uh. And she'd always be like, it's going to be here faster than you know. Just calm, calm your ass down. It's going to be here quick. But starting the podcast, to me, has made the wait for the Star Wars movies, at least, seem like they fly by. Now that we're, especially now that we're in the cycle of getting one a year. Um, yeah, it's siphoned off a little bit of your far, far away galaxy energy. Mm-hmm. And look, I'm not trying to say Jesse doesn't have to listen to me babble about Star Wars off the podcast pretty regularly, but I think she has to hear about it less because I have an outlet for it now. But every now and then she'll hear, hear me be, oh, guess what they put out in Black Series? Or guess what they're bringing out in Black Series? And she's like, that's cool, awesome. Yeah, Black Series. That's probably her least favorite word combination in the world, Black Series. How bad do you hate hearing Black Series? She's like, mm, she's she's playing nice. I appreciate it. But the other one was, uh, you know, at the time, my buddy Will here was living in Birmingham. And uh, the two of us being the busy guys that we are, despite living like 15 or 20 minutes away, we're having a hard time, like, figuring out, hanging out and stuff. We weren't hanging out a, a whole ton because, A, our schedule's were completely different at the time. Yeah, work for very sure. different work schedules. You know, and um, and I figured I always wanted to do a podcast. I've wanted to do a podcast till I, since I started listening to Smodcast back in like two thousand and six or seven. So I, I've always wanted to do one, and uh, and then the trailer for the very first teaser trailer for. The Force Awakens dropped back in November of 2014. And that at that point, like, I couldn't take it anymore. And I don't know why I had never done it before, but I finally decided to search for Star Wars podcasts. I knew they had to be out there. And boy, were they. So, you know, I ran through your usual suspects of the ones that sort of popped up at the top at the time. And eventually, the one I ended up settling on that I liked the most was, now this is podcasting. And I liked it because it was two longtime friends, Jason and Randy, and then other buddy of, buddies of theirs just having a conversation about Star Wars. It didn't sound like an AM, FM morning talk show with a bunch of crazy sound effects and zany. Hey, hey, in the butt. Oatmeal cream pies. We hate women. Pew, 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 pew. Type shit. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yep. So it was nice. And I was like, you know what? That sounds like fun. It was never a, an issue of, oh, I could do that. It was like, damn, that sounds like fun. I'm going to get my boy that likes talking about Star Wars, and we're going to give it a shot. And I remember, this might actually been kind of a dickhead mood of me, but I remember the text I sent you about it. I sent you a text, and I said, hey, 
I just ordered a bunch of podcasting equipment off of Amazon. We're going to do a Star Wars podcast. Like, I gave you no wiggle room. I was like, I ordered all the stuff. We're doing a Star Wars podcast. You know, I'm not shy. I'll oh, put it out there. Oh, you never, you never debated. You were like, fuck yeah, what are we going to call it? And yeah. I had Blue Harvest from the beginning. I've always liked the way Blue Harvest sounded. I've always loved the story about that was, you know, the the code name for Return of the Jedi when it first came out. And, uh, or not when it first came out, when it was in production. So I just kind of, and truth be told, it was a little cheese dicky of me because I was like, we're going to be a blue Star Wars podcast. And like, and in the comedy realm, blue, like a blue comedian is a comedian that curses. So like Dave Chappelle right. would be a blue comedian. Jim Jeffries would be a blue comedian. Right. You know, et cetera, et cetera. Jim, Jim Gaffigan, who historically doesn't curse, is not a blue comedian. And I was like, that'll be funny because we'll like, you know, we'll curse and shit and we'll tell dick and fart jokes. We'll be blue harvest. So uh-huh. it works on so many levels. And you know what's funny is <coughs> for the longest time, nobody even put that together. And then I believe it was. Jared off of Twitter one day he said something about you know oh it's because of blue humor blue harvest I get it and I was like holy shit somebody finally figured that one out not that there's a whole lot to figure out there it's not like the Da Vinci not that that was a mystery yeah all right I think that uh well do you have any any reminiscing you'd like to add I just I reminisce over the fact of how how nervous we were in the beginning how oh, it yeah. took us a minute to get our stride. How, you know, listening to my own podcasting voice was so awkward and off-putting at first. You know, it just, it was an experience. You know, it was an experience breaking out into this medium. And then meeting, you know, not meeting, but having contact with our fan base, people that listened. You know, that's really been an indescribable experience of joy for me. Just that we create something you know that we put our hearts and souls into and people listen and enjoy it so much and we get that feedback and we we have a family of listeners and that's just it's beyond meaningful to me you know yeah. it, it's something that i take a lot of pride in and i have a lot of respect for our people that listen and contribute you know that write in emails or that even the people that don't write in emails just the people that listen you know like i love that i love that i do something that people enjoy you know and you know, for the most part, you and I do it because we like it. Like, I don't do this to make money or, you know, well, if, I, if it could I be my career, that'd be amazing and I'd be <laughs> truly blessed. But I do it because, you know, I like talking to you about Star Wars. You know, we do it because we like doing it. And the fact that other people enjoy it is just, you know, is amazing. I don't, it, it's, I mean, I guess I could be wrong. I don't think you make it, you know, 99, almost 100 episodes in to a podcast if you're just in it to try and make money because if that was my only goal I'm pretty sure I would have quit way before now right um but you know I, I I can't agree with you enough on that like all of our listeners the moisture farmers the moisture farmers moisture farmers out there that uh send in emails and voicemails or just take the time to retweet an episode give us a review just listen like 
you know, if you if you look down and, and if you sit down and look at like how many followers we have on Twitter and how many people interact with us on Twitter or how many people write in or send in voicemails or anything like that, like we definitely don't hear from everybody that listens every week by any means. So, you know, even if you are out there and you've never written in or, or anything like that, like just know we appreciate it. It means we still got lot. love for you. One of my favorite things to do, and this is definitely kind of corny, is with our hosting service, you can go on and look at um, look at like a map of the world, and it'll show you which countries have listened and how many people in each country and things like that. So I like to go on there every couple of months and see like which new countries we've added to the list. Right. Um, what do you think our, our top three countries are? It should be pretty obvious. Our top three countries? Yeah. I would say America, Australia, and either the UK or like, I don't know, Sweden. Nope. America, it's, it goes in this, this order. America, Canada, Australia. Okay. Dude, I missed the obvious one. And, and the UK is not far behind um, from Australia. And I guarantee, and, and this is the thing, special thanks to our buddy Steele. Every one of those Australian listeners, that's because of that dude right there. Yeah. That's yeah. because of how nice he's been to us. And special thanks to Jason and Amanda and everybody over at making star Wars for giving us a shot on the network. Thanks to Johnny. Fucking Johnny did a lot for us, has done a lot for us. Like as fun as it is to, maybe break Johnny's balls occasionally because he can get a little bit of a Johnny Grosso persona, big ego going on. Like he's just a solid, nice dude. And he really does go out of he's his been, way. He's been nothing but kind to us since the beginning. Uh, since the no very doubt. beginning. No doubt. And, and, and he goes out, not just us, he goes out of his way to promote <clears throat> other podcasts and, and help other podcasts out. And if he doesn't know the answer to some sort of technical question, he, forwards them on to me and I, you know, I love getting, Hey, I'm starting up a podcast. Do you have any, can you help me with any of this setup stuff? How do I do this or that? Like, you know, if I've got the time to sit down and tell you how to do it all, I'm more than happy to do it. Cause there's more than enough room in the whole community of star Wars podcasting and everybody has different opinions and their own voice and views and stuff. So that's another thing I really like is, is, you know, people, I don't know. It just makes me feel kind of good that people like the product that we put out enough that they'll come to me and say, Oh, what mics do you use? What mixer do you use? Who do you use for hosting? Et cetera, et cetera. And what's funny is that our first round of gear is nothing like it was now. No, that's what I was. I, I really liked looking at that picture I put up on Instagram. Cause I put the, cause the first, the night we first recorded, I took a picture of the table and like it's a serious upgrade since then it's been a serious upgrade the show used to be uh the show used to be um like a dating calling card for me like i had several ladies come listen to the podcast in the beginning days because they were just so fascinated by the fact that we did a star wars podcast yeah yep and the anniversary episode makes me um really excited for your drama you know your story your uh, star wars yeah hey, you know what if if you and i had the time to do it before next week for the hundredth i would sit down and record it i just don't know that we will 
But right. if for some reason both of us find a magical few hours to sit down and record that fan fiction, then then maybe we can try and do that. Because people have been like, oh, what are you going to do for your 100th episode? Yeah, we teased it, and then we hit, what was it? Well, we needed 10 reviews. Was that what we needed? Yeah. That happened. One like of my one of my biggest podcasting uh, regrets is not coming through with that like immediately, but guys, right. it will happen. I'm a man of my word. It is greatly delayed. It's, it's like the new Tool album. Like that shit's been uh, it's been ten years since Tool put out an album. We'll we will put out that fan fiction written by a 14 year old Halls earlier than Tool will put out their new album. I'll tell you that. <laughs> Gonna happen. I'll tell you that. I ain't no Maynard. You ain't gonna have a problem getting me in the fucking studio. I'm not gonna be out on the the road with fucking Pussifer and Mila Jovovich singing backups. All right. <coughs> Is that what she does in between making Resident Evil movies? Uh, I mean, she was on one of their albums. I don't think she really tours with them or anything. Um. So last week, uh, our buddy Jeremy was on. And we talked a little bit about the Last Jedi trailer. Unfortunately, you couldn't make it last week. You had uh, you got called Time. out last yep. minute. Um, so, just real briefly, what did you think about the trailer, buddy? Um, I was real blown away, uh, just just out of sheer excitement. You know, um, the one part that sticks in my mind right now is uh, Luke talking about an end of the Jedi, and like it. I'm I'm just like no. No, like no. No, like maybe that'll get resolved and maybe it's not as bad as I as my imagination makes it out to be, but that part sticks with me. So, that's you know, that's something I've kind of discussed both on Rogue One and on here. What are your feelings about that statement? Do you feel like I don't know, when you sit down and think about that statement as it's Applies what does to the he plot. say exactly? Because I know you'll know. Um, I only know one thing. It's time for the Jedi to end. There you go. Um, maybe I, I've I've thought about it as a couple possibilities. Like perhaps there's a lot of grief involved there for what happened to his last Jedi Order, his last Academy. You know, the slaughter by Kylo Ren and the or the Knights of Ren or whatever. Um, maybe he doesn't think you know there should be Jedi, so that never happens to people again. Or maybe he thinks the Jedi as the way they were needs to end. You know, there may be heroes or good force users, but they don't need to be Jedi. You know, I don't, I don't, those are kind of the ways I'm interpreting it, but I sure, or maybe that's his response to, you know, not wanting to train Ray and he changes his mind or. That's kind of my feeling on it. I think that that statement, if the line really makes it into the movie. And honestly, how could they not? They, you know, who knows though? After Rogue One, I'm hesitant to say for sure that line's in the movie. But if that line is in the movie, I feel like it's towards the beginning, and that's the mindset Luke is going to be in. Um, you know, in the first half of the movie, and his character arc will be him turning around to the fact that, you know, no, we could have still have a Jedi Order if we do it the right way with the right people to carry it on. So basically what I'm hoping is through the process of training Ray, he will have a change of heart from that statement. And partially that is me desperately clinging on to the idea of like, 
you gotta have the Jedi. It's fucking Star Wars. Like, the, the, the term Jedi, it, cash, do you know how much money just the term Jedi has made Lucasfilm? Because, right. <laughs> like, what, what was it, the census where, you know, so many people claim their religion to be Jedi? You know, like... Was that in Australia? I I'm remember not sure. that. I think that was. Maybe maybe I'm wrong about that. But um, you know, it's so quintessential and it's so, you know, it's a knightly order of of virtuous meditating monks, you know, like <coughs> I I don't know what else you would call them. Right. I don't know I don't know I don't know that you could create a term or that would be just as effective you know, and I don't know why you would discard that mantle. That's like, there's no more Batman. I mean, there will be a Cape Crusader. We're just not going to call him Batman. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so, what was your favorite part of the trailer? Do you have one that sticks out as being your favorite part? It was just all awesome. Watching her, you know, whip ass. Not whip ass, but like, do, a, do her kata with the lightsaber. Uh, on those mm-hmm. hills, that was pretty slick. Mm-hmm. Like the goddamn uh, Highlander. Yeah, yeah, that's probably my. I guess that's my favorite part. Um, knowing that you know Poe Dameron and Finn show up in there, that's great. Yeah, yeah. I, I, you know, I'm not typically like a huge Kylo guy, um, but that scene. That one clip of him and him in that trailer is such a cool fucking shot. Yeah, where he's holding the or pointing the saber towards the camera. Yep. So that that I really like that shot quite. I'm a anxious lot. to see how his helmet has changed, the face mask at least. Yeah, and well, I mean, you know, we see it all broken up, laying on the ground in that one scene. Right. Um. Um. What is? I saw some action on Twitter. Something like Handgate. I haven't listened to the Rogue One. Oh, can you pull are we up? Getting, are we getting to that or no? It... Okay, well we can talk about it. You guys, obviously, I know you talked about it last week, and you've talked about it on Rogue <laughs> One. You can give me the quick version. Okay, do, do you have your phone on you? I do. Pull up the Last Jedi trailer and try to pause it right when you see Ray's hand right at the beginning, if you can. Okay. You got to be quick on the pause button. Um, there's just something I notice about her hand in that thing that, like, I was sort of impressed by. I brought it up to Johnny Grasso, and he's like, "You're a fucking idiot. You idiot. You really stop our our in depth trailer breakdown to talk about Daisy Ridley's hand." All right. Do you got it pulled up? Yeah, I got it pulled up. Can you see your hand? Okay, I missed it. See, it, it's a tough grab. Let me see if I can't um, can't pull it up because people have been indeed. <coughs> um, excuse me, guys. I am so so sorry. I am. Um, I'm leaking. Ooh, he leaking. Ooh, he leaking. Um, I believe our buddy Aaron Boyd posted about it too. So let me see if I can't find it on his Twitter. Um, Because it's it's definitely not one of those things that I can... uh, He's calling it Spreadgate. I like Spreadgate quite a bit. Okay, so I got it. I got it paused at the right spot. Now look at her hand. Do you notice anything about it that's not... I won't even say it's odd, but just impressive? 
I don't know. It looks like she could palm a basketball. <laughs> That's exactly what Johnny said. Look at her her pinky. Like, look how far and straight out she can. Her pinky goes. It's yeah. almost like a straight line from her pinky to her thumb. Like she's yeah. got incredibly stretchy hands. Hold up your hand. Spread your hand out as much as you can and hold it up to the camera. You ain't got that kind of spread, bruh. You got more of a spread than I do, though. Well, if you if you look at it, all the weight is kind of on the outside of her palm, where the where the ball where her pinky is, and then her thumb is turned inside. So if you really look at it, it's kind of like it's not like her thumb is pressed against the ground. Her thumb is kind of turned sideways. If that makes any sense. I, I still say she's got incredibly fucking stretchy, stretch arm strong, strong hands. Is that all that was? That's all that there's was. No, <laughs> there's no more to it than that. <laughs> no. I thought there was some deep. No, no. I oh, thought you thought I was gonna snoke like essence to that. Uh, ex- extrapolate some major plot element from yeah, that and I be like, like, oh well, and she can hold the so and so or the. Oh, I don't no. know. I'm, I don't know where that was going. I'm sorry to disappoint you, buddy, but no, I was just impressed by the stretchiness of her hand, the flexibility of her hand. That's all. And like I said, Johnny's right. I'm a fucking idiot. But I noticed it. It, it, I didn't even notice it when we saw the trailer for the first time in the panel. It was later on one of my many viewings since then that I noticed it. I mean, looking at it, it does look painful. doesn't look like that would feel good. So maybe she's just got the one thing I'm curious about is that Jedi symbol on the old book or whatever. Right. That's 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 cool. Uh, yeah, I would say that's real old. It's paper. That's, it's paper, and it's pre. I mean, that's pre. Um, Order sixty six. Oh, for sure. Like, you got to think if it's paper, it's got to be pre Phantom Menace by a good bit. Like, when do you ever see them reading actual books in Star Wars? I guess that's true. So it's got to be old, old. I, if, be. Just from that, I would imagine. Uh, it, it's he, been pointed out to me and other people since that Obi-Wan's journal from the Star Wars comics, you remember that? The journal he left for Luke yeah, in his house? That was yeah, yeah, paper. Yeah. So that was another actual like physical book. So. so that, and that's how Luke learned to build a lightsaber, right? I believe that. And there's, in, you know, there's also the stories of like, some of them are stories of what Obi-Wan was up to like while he was on Tatooine. I think they recently did a story about Yoda from there that was like pre-Phantom Menace. So, okay, things like that. But, <clears throat> you know, it's also a book that is paper. That is fascinating to me, too. Um, I even wondered briefly and still kind of wonder if maybe that's the Journal of the Wills. Huh. You know? Because in Rogue One, they talk about Baze and Chirrut being the protector of the wills guardians of the wills guardians of the wills yeah and um you know uh there's some you know there's a few reasons why it's probably not but it's just interesting to think about it's just interesting to sort of consider i wonder if um poe dameron special x-wing makes it out because you kind of see that (laughs) hanger scene where it blows up I don't think so. We talked about this last week with Jeremy because Jeremy loves that X-Wing. He loves that design of Poe's X-Wing and the color scheme and stuff. And he's yeah, like, It doesn't Man. look like it could survive that explosion. 
yeah, it does not look that promising. So maybe uh, maybe Poe gets a new X-Wing. Maybe he starts driving one of those new A-Wings. Who knows? Hey, maybe he's driving the Falcon. Like, I wonder who's driving the Falcon and when it's blowing up those TIE Fighters. Well, so I'm pretty sure that's on Ock 2, that scene. Like, with the Falcon chasing the TIE Fighters. It kind of looks yeah. like it's on Ock 2. So unless Poe and the Resistance have found a way or have decided to go to Octu, then uh, I don't really think so. I, I would think it's probably just Chewie and maybe Ray or something. But yeah, I, I would think Chewie would be the driver of the Falcon because, you know, with the exception of Nia Nub and Lando Calrissian, the Falcon's really only ever driven by Han Solo and Chewbacca, right? Ray? Ray, Ray pilots. Oh, well, a, I meant, yeah, yeah, yeah. Ray 2 and Force Awakens. But I mean, I feel like Ray's spot is passed down via Han Solo. Right, right. There's that sort of passing of the torch, I feel like. And I could be wrong. Yeah, I, I mean, I kind of feel like, the, I mean, for be, for lack of a better term, like Ray, the Falcon is Ray's now. Yeah. Like Ray and Chewie's like, Chewie's like, yeah, I'm a, I'll be your co-pilot, but. They let her take off for Octu in it, so. Um, the other thing that makes me curious is that didn't Daisy Ridley say something about no one? She's so surprised no one figured out her her lineage yet. I I mean, there's been sort of several sort of comments like that about like, you know, there was that whole thing where did J.J. Abrams mess up at that press conference thing when he said that their her parents aren't in the movie and then he later came out and said, no, that's not what I meant. What I meant is we don't tell you her who her parents are in the movie. And then, yeah, I think Daisy has said a couple of times that, you know, there's hints of it in The Force Awakens. So, I mean, that the Ray's parents thing is going to be a mystery until it's not anymore. And I have no idea if that's something we're going to get answered in eight or not. Really? You don't think so? No, I'm not saying I don't think so. I just say I, I don't know. I mean, if if they wanted to carry that over into 9, they could. Um, on the other hand, I feel like you kind of want to get it out of the way so you you have uh, 9 to wrap everything else up. It's like one thing you can sort of get out of the way and have answered so you can get down to business and wrap up the trilogy in right. 9. But, you know, who knows? I, I, you know, and I guess we're, we're talking about episode eight and I'm going way deeper in it than the trailer, but you know, I, I want to see, you know, I, I, I know in the force awakens, Kylo Ren is so tortured, tortured by his leanings towards the light. And then, but he kills his own, you know, patricide, he kills his own father. You, you would think his journey towards the dark side is complete. And I would like to see him have some villain balls, if that makes any sense. Like his assuredness in the fact that he is a Sith or what, you know, finishes his dark side training, as Snoke says. I'd like to see him fully take on the villain, the villainness and not be whiny or angsty, if that makes any so sense. So you would just like to see a more confident Kylo Ren in eight, right. basically. Right. I can see that. I, I definitely think. You know, that you got to make him and the First Order even more villainous, villainous, villainous 
in this yeah, one. Yeah, and like it's fucked up for us to say because I know they took out the whole Hosnian system, the whole Galactic Republic. You know, you would think that's pretty villainous, but unless we see the repercussions of that, you know, it's hard to. I don't know. Like, you really need to see them. And I, this is the movie they will. You know, they got their asses handed to them at the beginning of the first one. So they're out for blood. Yeah, for sure. So um, speaking of episode eight, we got a little bit of interesting news about episode eight. Really? Yeah, on uh, on May 4th, on uh, Star Wars Day. Uh, give me one second to get that pulled up. So we've got um, Anthony Bresnikan from Entertainment Weekly with a nice little story about The Last Jedi today. And uh, before this, you know, there were rumors going around, oh, there's going to be Variety. Variety's going to publish some pictures from Episode Eight, and that didn't happen, and et cetera, et cetera. But the Brez came through. And uh, so, <coughs> I don't know if you remember this, but in the lead-up to in the press and stuff for, like, the Force Awakens, it was kind of mentioned that Ryan Johnson had J.J. make a couple of changes to The Force Awakens um, to help with the process of writing 8. And right. um, Jason over at Making Star Wars has reported that some of that stuff had to do with The Force flashback. Some changes made to that. Um, but today, Anthony Bresnikan reported on one... Um, and confirmed one that he asked be changed. And uh, I want to talk to you about it and see if like, you can think of any kind of specific reason, right? All right. So originally, at the end of The Force Awakens, when Rey leaves for Jakku, it was going to be Rey, Chewie, and BB-8. Not leaves R2 for Octu? Yes. When she not leaves Octu, where she goes to find Luke. That's where Luke right. is. So at the end of the movie, when she lives on the Falcon, it was originally going to be her, Chewie, and BB-8, not R2-D2, that left. And he asked JJ to switch out R2-D2 for BB-8. So as we saw it, she leaves, she lands on Octu, Chewie and R2 are there, and she goes and meets Luke. Originally, that was going to be BB-8 instead of R2. So he specifically asked for that change. Do you have any thoughts on why he maybe wanted that to be the case? Uh, the only correlation I can think of is either R2's connection to Luke and Luke to R2 or that force flashback where you see Luke's hand go out onto R2. Okay, yeah. I think there's definitely... I think there's definitely some elements of that for one if you have r2 go to octu with them then you get a luke and r2 reunion and there can be some maybe a potential exposition some explaining from luke you know r2 was there for a lot of it yes or i would assume yes a lot and, of the, the fall of the original and Jedi um, class and you know like on one hand, I can sort of see it being a bummer because Ray and BB-8 sort of built up this friendship in 
The Force Awakens. So it would have been nice to see that continue on. Not that, you know, we won't ever see Ray and BB-8 hang out again. I wonder if, you know, that's, uh, you know, you get to see R2 and Luke reunite, but what if R2 stays with Luke again for the remainder of their time together? You know, and once once Luke and Ray separate, you know, BB-8 is Ray's droid and R2 is Luke's droid. Right, right. It, that could very well be it. You want to know my personal theory, and it is... I do. Fan servicey and fan fictiony as fuck all at the same time. But I think it's because Ryan Johnson decided that Luke's lightsaber is in R2. And at some point, be it an eight or nine, Luke's back is going to be up against the wall. And what's going to happen? His trusty fucking friend, his Walter the Walter White the cat of the Star Wars universe is going to pop open that dome and what's going to come out? That motherfucking lightsaber and it's going to shoot into Luke's hand or Luke's going to get it out of R2 and then we are in for a fucking treat, my friend. Will it happen? I doubt it, but boy, that that is, I mean, I guess, you know, maybe make a sticker, uh, Will, that says your lightsaber theory sucks because, you know, it's one of those <laughs> that would fucking... Be neat. It would be neat, and I know it would catch shit. People would be like, ripping off Return of the Jedi. But come on, guys, relax. It Re- would be cool. Hashtag rehash. Hashtag rehash. Um, but it would be cool. I don't know. I'm clinging yeah. to that one. And, and if it happens, boy, boy, oh boy, will I be stoked. I mean. And you guys will never hear the end of it. You would think Luke would take his lightsaber with him. But if he's all pacifist now and all emo about what happened to his first class, I could see why he would leave it in R2-D2's care. Yeah, because, I mean, he knows R2's got the space for it. He's done it before. And, you know, he sees, like, maybe once he, when he put his hand up on R2, maybe right after that he was like, open up that, open up that dome for me, R2. I got Slip something I got to give you. And R2's like, burp, 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 not again. No. And he's like, no. It's just the lightsaber this time, little buddy. Um, also in that article, uh, he talks about Luke a good bit. And this is again from Entertainment Weekly, um, written by Anthony Bresnikin. And Ryan Johnson basically says that Luke, Luke's story and about what have happened, what happened and stuff is one of the central stories in The Last Jedi. And this is what Ryan Johnson had to say. Figuring out where his head was at was the very first thing I had to do when writing the movie. I had to crack this, and it had to be something for me that first and foremost made sense. Why did Luke Skywalker go off to this island? There was a starting point, and that's what the entire movie explores. Why he went off the grid, basically? um well yeah i mean what what caught like why is he on Ock 2 like why was that his decision and and all that kind of stuff so exploring luke is it yoda like elected exile Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. is he on some sort of quest that's personally what i think i i yeah is there some some source of knowledge or information or power because if it was just an exile type thing, why not go to Dagobah? 
why not go back to Tatooine? Right. <coughs> I guess Tatooine wouldn't make as much sense because, you know, if it's wide, widely known that that's where Luke Skywalker was born and grown up, then, you know, that would probably be one of the first pe- places people would go to look for him. But yeah. of all places, why go back to the first Jedi temple? You know? What what planet do you think that was that they those speeders were on that were had the red smoke? Wasn't it deserty kind of? I know the name of that planet. It has been confirmed as being called Crate. 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 Okay. And is that redness the dirt or is that come from the speeder? So <clears throat> I'm not quite sure about that. But I believe it comes from the dirt. I believe those sort of scoops or whatever that come out the belly of them and drag the yeah. ground are stirring up that sort of salt flat. That'd know, be really cool. Covering. I mean, it, it's a great, it's a great shot. It's, it's a great, great visual. Um, and apparently, crate is mentioned in one of the Rogue One sort of source reference books. Um, Does that have anything to do with crate dragons? No, not spelled similar similarly at all. It's okay. uh it's C R A E T E or something like that. Okay. <laughs> um and it's uh been confirmed that it's gonna be the planet that's added to Star Tours for the episode eight stuff. Um and like I said, it was in one of the Rogue One source books and was mentioned as being a rebellion era mining facility so maybe that's what those ships on on crate are meant for is some sort of mining purpose and they've been repurposed to be you know fighters or right you know assault vehicles of some sort back to your comment about going to octu the site of the first jedi temple um it's clear in the last couple movies that the jedi history whether whether addressed directly or indirectly is coming into play yeah it's coming into play you've got the the, jedi temple at jeddah you know where the guardians of the wills yeah the guardians of the wills the church of the force church of the force you Um, know force awakens uh oh my goodness the guy in the beginning talking to poe dameron Lor Santeca. Yes, Lor Santeca being a member of the the Church of the Force. Mhm. You and know, it's it's something he says actually there's actually two lines in The Force Awakens which they could end up disregarding or saying either of these people were wrong, but these two lines actually make me think that the Jedi will not end ultimately. At the beginning of the movie, Lor Santeca says to Poe Dameron Without the Jedi, there can be no balance in the Force. Okay? Right. And Snoke says, if the Resistance finds Luke Skywalker, then the new Jedi will rise. So, just two little lines that make me go, "Mm, I don't think they they really mean to get rid of the Jedi. I sure hope not. (laughs) And I've brought this up, like, in episode eight, if Luke Skywalker, if we met Luke Skywalker in episode eight and he was basically exactly the same as he was at the end of the return uh, at the end of Return of the Jedi, and he was just awesome and completely put together, 
solid Jedi Master. Met Ray and immediately was immediately was like, "Fuck yeah, let's try this again. Let's get the Jedi Order going again." Then that's not very interesting. You want him it to have a, a right. character arc, and you want him to have changed over these thirty years. And he's some had damage, some, some age, yeah, some weathering, some patina, if you will, <laughs> some that lived-in universe that we like so much. Yep. Um. So you know that's just. <laughs> my general thoughts on it. I am really anxious and eager to figure it out, though. It's going to blow my mind out the back of my skull. I can't wait. Yeah. You think you're going to be able to make it for, to Birmingham for the premiere this year? I sure hope so. I'm, I'm planning on it. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Looking forward to that. December, right? Yes, sir. December. Um. So besides all that, how has... Uh, we haven't really talked about it too much. How's your May the 4th been so far? Been good. I am, um, you know, doing what I do at the house. I, I caught some of uh, Star Wars on TBS. They've been running a marathon all day, so I caught some here and there. It was very, you know, the force was strong with me. It was good. I made dinner today. I made, um, took some chicken. And cut hold, it up, up into hold up, hold like, up, hold up. Do you, can you give us the recipe? Because this has actually been requested by our buddy uh, um, Matt Matt Frost. Uh oh, what which uh, which recipe? What you, what'd you make for dinner? Tell us. Give us a, a breakdown. Cooking with Will. Go for it. Go. You do- I made bacon wrapped chicken, uh-huh. uh, and then I coated that in brown brown sugar chili seasoning, mm-hmm. and then baked that on little racks so that the the bacon got crispy and the um, the sugar sugar chili powder stuff glazed on the outside. It was it was good. So you took some um, you took some chicken. Took some chicken, cut it into about inch squares. Right. Then I took bacon, cut those strips of bacon in half, wrapped those half strips of bacon around it, skewered it with a toothpick, and then you have this seasoning mix that's in mostly brown sugar. Two tablespoons of chili powder, a half a teaspoon of cumin. Mix that all together. Basically makes like a a brown sugar chili spice rub. You coat the chicken bacon uh, dinghies in that. And then you put them on a little rack on a a sheet tray. And And that just keeps them from... Yeah, you pop them in the oven at 350 until they get done. Awesome. They're really good. They're like little spiced... That sounds pretty good. That sounds Bites. pretty good. Also made poppy seed dressing from scratch, but um. Oh yeah. A mixed green salad, yeah, with cranberries and nuts. Dang, buddy, you you did it up, huh? I did. I did dinner right today. Sounds pretty good. Um. <coughs> Alrighty. Matt Frost also wants to know Jesse's uh, meatballs recipe at some point too. Jesse mm. made some fire meatballs this I week, saw buddy. Those banging meatballs. Woo. Woo. They were good. They were good. Uh, I love having Jesse's balls in my mouth. Mm. See? Salty. We were doing Salty. good, and then yeah. I went for the fucking easy joke. You went for uh went for the kill. Mm, I don't know about the kill. Not many not many guys are down for their girlfriend's balls, especially in their mouth. Well, you know, I'm a progressive guy. <laughs> um, 
What uh, what do you say we do some emails and whatnot? Let's do some emails. All right. You know how we start that, right? You know I do. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. I watched him die today. Oh, that's so sad. It is sad. He, it's like he doesn't even see it coming. He has no chance. Yeah. He's not the brightest bulb in the box. He tries. Like, he... He uh, doesn't understand why they turned on him, and he reflects a few bolts, but they're just so many. And he's caught in crossfire. Ki-a-gy! Ki-a-gy! The only Jedi master who can crash box Ki-a-gy! Cockhead! Running around slaying bitches with his cockhead! He's a big Syrian stud. He loves to split chicks with his butt. First up, we've got an email from a buddy, a Richie from Boston, and he's got some thoughts for us on The Last Jedi. Will and Halls, I thought I'd take another break from the silly voicemails and put on my serious hat for a minute. The Last Jedi trailer has me thinking about Star Wars all the time. What a great time to be a fan. I thought I'd break my thoughts down into categories. The Backstory. We need to get more information on Luke's training of Ben, Ben, his founding of a new order, and exactly what turned Ben. I'm still not convinced that he's purely evil, given the fact that he's such a whiny bitch. He seems to be acting out more than anything. With that, we should also get an explanation of how Snoke came to be of such influence. I'm also not convinced that Luke truly believes that the Jedi should end. He needs convincing surprisingly since the last jedi trailer was published i've backed off any and all assumptions about ray's lineage and i almost hope she's unrelated what do you what do you think about that little section well we'll take this by section i i I get where he's going and i i kind of feel what he's saying you know i feel like they they pointed at the fact that he was luke that she was luke's daughter so hard I don't know how it could not be, but then it would leave me with more questions about Luke's, you know, dalliance. What happened to her mom? You know, how would he just leave her there? It it, it raises more questions, I think, making making it Luke's daughter that would have to be answered instead of it being unrelated. For sure. Um, and you know what? I'm all for seeing sort of a broken and damaged Luke who will turn around. I don't know that I want to see deadbeat dad Luke, though. Right. You know, that's one of the... We talk about Kylo Ren's redemption 
possibility. You know, that's hard. <coughs> it's hard to redeem Luke deadbeat dad. Um, but that was the what and what he said about Kylo Ren. Not sure that he's a bad guy. I'm not either. You know, I'm not convinced that he's committed. But I think, like I was saying, like I think this movie will tell. Because if he's if he's like a confident villain, committed to doing whatever it takes for the dark side, his only redemption is last shot, giving your life. You know, in the next movie, if he's if he continues to to waffle and have these, you know, emotions about being drawn back towards the light. It's possible he'll survive after episode nine, but I just don't know. I, you know, I, I think the next movie will tell. I think Last Jedi will tell whether he's going to end up being redeemed or whether he's full committed to the dark side. You know, this is the thing. Like, I think at the end of the day, given Star Wars's sort of history of telling a story of redemption, it's very possible that Kylo can at least somewhat be redeemed by the end of episode nine. I, however, don't see how you do that without it being sort of a self-sacrifice. Yeah. Yeah. And, and almost a Vader type way. Like, wouldn't it be interesting if Kylo ended up being more like Vader than he ever even planned? Like he idolizes Vader. So bad. And what if he ends up giving himself to, you know, sacrificing himself for, the good of the universe just like vader did and at the end of the day like that's the best way he could emulate anakin slash vader right but uh you know who knows because what he wants is power right that's what kylo ren asks for is to be as strong or as powerful as vader right right right. that's definitely what he wants he says um you know like when when Ray flips the script on him and reads his mind, she's like, you're afraid you'll never be as powerful as Darth Vader. Yep. So, um, and going back to something Palpatine said in, you know, revenge of the Sith was that those who have power are afraid to lose it. Oh, for sure. For sure. Um, next up, he says the force and the lore. There's so much more. What has Luke found? Remember, the Jedi Knight stood for over a thousand generations before a Skywalker got involved. There's been a lot of growth and evolution in how we regard the Force through the saga. Are light and dark so distinctly separate? separate? Perhaps there's a backstory to the separation, a myth to be explained. Does anger always lead you down the path, of the dark, uh, the dark path? Perhaps Luke found that by getting angry in his fight with Vader in Return of the Jedi. He was able to tap into something that didn't totally push him towards the dark side. It's possible. Jesus got angry and turned tables over in the temple in Jerusalem, and we know his full story. So, so perhaps the Force is more than just the false choice that the Jedi and Sith presented us with. Uh, that's cool. I mean, that's kind of what we were talking about earlier. Yeah, totally philosophical, <clears throat> totally in that same vein. The Skywalkers, another interesting avenue to explore. Does Ray need to be a Skywalker? No. We have Ben Solo. Maybe Raylo becomes a thing, and we have Skywalkers in the next trilogy because of it. All kit- I'm sorry, go ahead. No, go ahead, buddy. <laughs> you, you, I couldn't handle it. Really? I couldn't handle it. I don't know that I could handle it. You know, 
that is my surface level reaction to is I don't think I something about their interactions in the force awakens feel too invasive and creepy for me to be cool with it in eight or nine, you know, if they became an item, like it, it feels like, I don't know, man, something just about the way he invades her mind and treats her in episode seven makes me feel it's creepy. Cool. Dude. It's oogie. Look, but that's not to say that it's not a possibility. Now, I brought this up on Rogue One. What if what if there is a continued Skywalker saga in a future trilogy, but it's because Rey takes the last name Skywalker? Right, as a mantle. Like I that's I'm cool with that too. I I'm more interested in what if we get the continuation of the Skywalker line through Solo, but you know, through Kylo's dalliances across the galaxy during his rebellious period. Oh, so you, you're wondering if maybe there's already another Skywalker, you know, solo right. out that there. That he doesn't know about. Like, what if he's sowing, you know, sort of Genghis Khan conqueror roots while he's being Kylo Ren? Hmm. Hmm. I mean, it is possible. Ladies love Kylo. Um, they love those big ears. All kidding aside, like I said before, this all existed before a Skywalker got involved. Anakin destroyed the Jedi. Luke brought it back. A third generation of Skywalker destroyed it again. What does that say about Luke's thoughts on what should happen to the Skywalker lineage? There are historical examples. Adolf Hitler had nephews who immigrated to the United States and fought against Germany in World War II. That part of the family that remained in the United States had no offspring, and though the family denies it, there is speculation that they had made a pact to end the Hitler lineage. I would say that's a pretty solid decision, if so. Does Luke believe that it's time to end the Skywalker lineage? Hmm. It could be. I mean, you gotta think about how Luke feels at this point, like... He had a lot put on his shoulders. He was just a dude farming some moisture. What up? Believing he was built for adventure. Right. And he got that adventure, but boy, did he get a whole lot of pressure along with that adventure. His dad is one of the two most evil people in the galaxy. His dad is responsible for the murder of hundreds and hundreds of people, the destruction of planets, the subjugation of people, the, you know, the general Even... (laughs) the general shitty state of the galaxy you know but that's i mean it's like it's the ashes after the fire so there's a there's the forest fire right the the second death star is blown up the empire is in shambles and i assume you know from those ashes rise the emergence of the new republic (coughs) and that's when everything's fresh and new and there's potential for luke to do anything whatever and clearly, clearly he starts a new Jedi order right? and trains his nephew. Well, yeah, think about it. Think um, about how, how Luke and, like, and all those guys probably felt when Ben Solo was born. They're probably like, he's going to carry on what Luke's doing. If he's got a connection to the Force, like, runs in our family, then he's going to carry on the lineage. 
He's going to continue on the the Jedi Order as Luke has rebuilt it. And then what really happens is he gets pulled to the dark side by Snoke and fucking destroys the new Jedi Order. So it would basically be like if I started a martial arts school, right? And then Amanda and Goose's heretofore unborn son, who's due in like August, when he's, you know, a kid, comes to train with me. And one day I come in my gi and my fucking belt and shit. And all my students are dead in the dojo. And it's fucking Boba Luke Payne. Boba, Boba Chewy Payne. Boba Steel Payne. Boba Steel. Ooh, that's a good one. You got Steel, uh, Goose, I know you're listening. Boba Steel Pain. Work on that, that one. That sounds good. Boba Steel Pain. Mm, SPB. Oh, man. SPB. <laughs> I wonder if they'll at least let me call him Boba. They won't. Like, I won't do it. It'll get on my sister's nerves. His name ain't Boba. Watch. He'll come spend a weekend with you, and he'll go back Boba. No, th- like, th- what I'll do Mom is and like, Dad, you can call me Boba from now on. When, like, hopefully, you know, knock on wood, when he's old enough to appreciate it, he gets into Star Wars. That first Christmas, like the first Christmas I hear Uncle Hall's, I really like Star Wars. He is getting. Oh, you do? So, oh, oh, for real? He is getting so much Boba Fett merchandise. That kid is going to have an instant Boba Fett collection. And, and then I'm just going to, I'm going to be Snoke. I'm going to be like, you should just start calling yourself Boba. Call yourself Boba. Your parents will love it. And then I get release the inner fit. <laughs> then I get excommunicated from the family because their kids like I want to be Boba. He draws up the legal paperwork. <laughs> oh no, I don't want to take it that far. Just a nickname. I mean, you know, Goose is not Goose's real name. It's an it's a nickname. So why can't his nick? Ah, we'll see. We'll see. All right, next email we got is from our buddy Steve D. That's right, our main man who you see here singing that beautiful song at the start of every email segment. Steve D. Mundy. Hey, Halls and Will, my brothers. I'm not sure if I've ever emailed you guys before. It's usually a voicemail or some ghetto karaoke song I sent through Facebook Messenger. Anyways, you guys really got me through a tough week last week. Out to eat with my family last Friday night, and my dad fell and knocked himself out right in the middle of the restaurant. He's already in bad shape and wobbly with multiple sclerosis, so I was worried as fuck. He was out for like five minutes, and his eyes were open the whole time. I was completely useless. I thought he was gone. Good thing, buddy Steve, I should have pre-read this. I'm sorry, buddy. Good thing my registered nurse's wife was there. He's okay, but damn, that was a hellish 48 hours. Anyway, listening to Rogue One and Blue Harvest back-to-back that weekend really pulled my spirits out of the crapper. Thanks for so much for doing what you do. I'll write another email next week detailing my sadness regarding watching everyone else have the time of their lives down at Celebration while my ass was in tears watching the panels on my iPad in my car. Thanks, Steve D. Mundy. Steve, buddy, I hope your dad's doing all right, buddy. That's some Absolutely. scary shit. That's some scary business, my man. And I'm I'm glad we could at least help take your mind off all that for a little bit. <clears throat> but I am so sorry, buddy. All right. Uh, next up, I believe we've got a voicemail. 
So let me get that loaded up for you guys. Uh-oh. Yes, greetings to the Blue Harvest podcast, especially the hosts, Haas and Will, and all of the Blue Harvest podcast moisture farmers. This is Key Adi Mundi. Now, it has been quite a few weeks since I left a recording and sent it off to you. Um, I felt compelled, however, to leave a quick voicemail this week in advance of something special I have planned for next week, which will be the 100th episode of the Blue Harvest podcast. Now, I, uh, before I get on to the matter of business at hand, I just wanted to say that it was very, very uh, flattering that the Star Wars fans on Earth would congregate in Orlando, Florida to celebrate uh, the 40 years of greatness of Kia D. Mundi. I think it was called the Star Wars Celebration, but everybody knows that, of course, you don't gather uh, to celebrate Star Wars without celebrating Kia D. Mundi, who is myself. So... The reason I felt compelled to call in was because of, oh, that that little runt we know as Soz Bandim, who called in and uh, he sounded as if he was in uh, quite a bit of distress after having been stabbed, apparently. So I do wish him well, uh, but in honor of the 99th episode of the Blue Harvest podcast, I would just like to say to Soz Bandim, I got 99 problems but a bitch ain't one. May the force be with you. <laughs> I don't I don't know if you heard Soar's Bandim's voicemail last week, Will, but he described uh, Kit Fisto and Kia D. Mundy as being as useless as a cock-flavored lollipop. Oh. I oh, lost oh. it. I lost it. Oh, boy. Well, thanks, Kia D. It's always good hearing from you, buddy. I, I, it's perfect that Kia D would think that Star Wars Celebration was just held to celebrate Kia D. Yeah, that's appropriate. <laughs> you know, our buddy Dallas actually ran into a Kia D cosplayer at Celebration. I'm really? so bummed that I didn't see him. I saw the him. picture of that. Actually. Yeah, yeah. He was. It was like Kia D went and went for went and picked up some just for men though, because he was not ha- rocking the white goatee and and. Uh, head spooge it was fucking black so it was a young kia d i guess when he was more virile virile all right and next up we have our buddy brad hey guys first first i would like to thank you again for having me on the poly- <laughs> having me on the podcast i apologize for the drop in downloads there was not one single drop in downloads brad i know your game you were awesome. You were great. I was trying to avoid the trailers for The Last Jedi, but it played while I was watching the live stream. It's one thing to not click a video. Didn't have the willpower to turn it off. Anyway, there has been a lot of talk about the shot with Ray's hand and the floating rocks. Many people have compared it to the Man of Steel moment. My question for you guys is, does this shot confirm that Ray's mother is also named Leia? What? Will this be the reason... Oh, I see. He's making a fucking Batman versus Superman joke. Will this be the reason Kylo turns to the light side? For real, though. There's been a lot of speculation on Rey's family. Most people are saying that she has to be someone. My thoughts go to the out-of-universe implications of Rey being a no-one. 
I think that would send a great message. This could be an extremely powerful thing for kids and even adults who didn't have parents or family or come from who didn't have parents or come from a broken family. It would be great to show that family doesn't define you. What defines you is what you choose to do with your life. So many movies are about destiny. I would like to see more of the destiny is what you make it type of message for kids. Love to hear your thoughts. May the force be with you. Brad. So that's kind of my feeling. Like, how cool will it be to, you know, just show that even though Ray is not directly a Skywalker bloodline wise, like if she's not that she still can be just as important as someone that was born into this legendary name, you know? And I mean, that would be cool, and it would fit the theme that Star Wars, you know, is is progressing towards. But still, like, in my opinion, I I don't want the Skywalker blood to die out. I don't so, want it to. So that's why I think I like the idea of her, if they're going to go with her not being related by blood to Luke, um, to her taking the Skywalker name. Because to I mean, me, that's just It'd be cool to valid. take her name. But then, like, even, you know, that means the Skywalker blood is no more. Yeah, I see, I don't really feel it. that like, Like, I feel like if... You know, Jesse and I had a change of heart and decided we wanted kids, but instead of, like, having our own kids, we adopted a kid. Like, I still feel like that kid would just as much be a Burkhart as one that I shot out my my little prune sack, you know? Like, it's not necessarily about the blood as it is the people that raise you. And if Ray's parents were just pieces of shit that left her on Jakku you know, for no good reason, just because they didn't want the burden of, of having a kid or they couldn't afford to take her off of Jakku with them, then I could see why she wouldn't want their last name anymore and would prefer to take the name of Luke, if, as, especially if Luke turns out to be, you know, a really positive influence in her life and, and helps her find her destiny. And, and you know what I'm saying? Um, yeah. And, and it's, to me... It's the uniqueness of the Skywalker blood originating from a virgins in the Force. Okay. You know, like... Okay. I mean, I, I see that. I do, but maybe... The Skywalker bloodline is born of the Force. You know, maybe after Kylo, say, you know, the Force maybe, decides, like... Phew. That was a one-time thing. Like, yeah. It, it happened because it needed to happen, and now it doesn't need to happen anymore. Like, I can accept that. I get that. Even her taking the mantle of Skywalker, that's fine too. Like, but there's just, I don't know, man. It's like, uh, it's, it's, I guess it's just an old school sort of Arthurian legend. I got you. So let me ask you this then. You've got two choices, okay? Yeah. So they bring you in for focus testing and they say, look, Will. Ray is not Luke's daughter. She's not Han and Leia's daughter. You've got two choices in how the saga goes on. Ray has kids with Kylo and their offspring. Hold on, hold on. K 
carry on the Skywalker bloodline. B, Ray takes on the last name Skywalker and carries on the Skywalker name, which is preferable Ray, to you. Ray, Ray could take on the Skywalker name. Ray could even not <coughs> take on the Skywalker name, have kids, and I'd be okay with it as long as she doesn't have kids with Kylo Ren. <laughs> I got you, buddy. I gotcha. Look, I am no huge pr- proponent of Raylo. Like, I, the only thing I like about Raylo, I won't say the only thing that's mean. The main thing I like about Raylo is the term Raylo because it reminds me of back in the day when Lost was on. You had the different sides, like, you were either a Kate and Jack person, which is the right one to be, or you were a Kate and Sawyer person, which is the <laughs> one to be. So, yeah. in my personal opinion, I was a Kate and Jack person. I think they called that Jate. You were a Jader if you wanted Jack and Kate to go together. Um, but there's definitely people about it that are um, are all about some some Ray and Kylo stuff. So, you know, either they'll like, be into it or they'll be disappointed. We'll see. I, I I'll say this. I don't think it's necessarily something we can 100% rule out. I think it is. And you know why is I think the the nature of the girl power message that Disney is currently on it, it, Kylo Ren's treatment of Rey in Force Awakens betrays that. I yeah, see that's the now, you know, that's the, like I said earlier, that's the ish, issue I have with the whole Ky- Kylo and Rey thing is it just seems too Super rapey, super forceful. Yeah, I super don't. Super creepy. Something about it just doesn't sit well with me in that regard. You know, and for maybe. her to accept him, you know, romantically after that betrays the girl power message that Disney is carrying with Star Wars, which Star Wars has needed. Right, Star Wars has definitely needed that, and I'm all I mean, about it. So you got Ahsoka, you got Jyn Erso, you got yeah, you know, you got Ray. You got uh, Princess and General Leia. You got right. Captain Phasma, who hopefully just does some more stuff. You know, regardless, I just want to see her whip some ass, man. That's I think that's who we see in the trailer, to like in the last in Jedi the fire. Trailer, yeah, yeah, I think you're right. In the fire, right. you see that shiny armor. Like you can't quite make out that it's her, but yeah, I'm I think... pretty sure that's Phasma. Yeah, I mean, you know, the thing is, is we know so little right now by design of what Kylo's going to be like or what he's going to be up to in eight. So, you know, if, if you're in the realm of redeeming him as a character, I can't see why him and Ray being together is a 100% impossibility or bad thing. If, but he's got to turn a serious leaf now. Okay. Hypothetical. Let's say Kylo is redeemed and doesn't die at the end of episode nine. Okay. He turns a new leaf. And then in a few years, we get episode 10 and in the intervening years, Ray and Kylo have become an item and have had a kid. Does that sit well with you? You can't do that off screen to me. I I mean, Uh, it's just my opinion. I mean, Han and Leia had been off screen. Granted, that's, that's fine. That's that's a product of, you know, how the movies were made, but Han Solo did not need to serve penance. Um, Kylo Ren is going, if, if you're going to leave Kylo Ren alive, he is going to have to serve major penance. He's going, I mean, he's going to have to, he's going to have to exile himself Luke style 
and seriously reflect on what he's done. Just in my, like, you can't, he can't kill Han Solo, his dad, and then be like, oh, God, I'm just so racked with guilt. I'm so sorry, guys. Like, you just, just let me make it up to you. Like, just let me stick around. And no, you've got to feel really bad. You've got to go sit in the corner for a couple years and, and meditate on what you've done okay. for anyone to be okay with you. And, you, you know, you're going to have to come back and save the day when you're needed. When things get so bad, you think nothing else is going to happen. He may not even come back till movie 11, you know, and then like he and him not even be in episode 10 at all. Him be off pulling a Luke, serving his time. Hmm. Okay. Just picking your brain here, buddy, because I have, I'm getting to the point with episode eight and nine where I'm trying to really separate myself from any... Not expectations, but honing in on one specific thing that I think and want because I don't want to invest myself too much in one thing and then get disappointed when it doesn't turn out that way. Like, I don't know. Like, there was definitely times in Lost where I was like, oh, this is definitely what's going to happen or, oh, this is definitely that what that means. And most of the time I was wrong. Uh, historically, though, I would like to brag that of our group of friends that used to get together and watch Lost, I'm the only one who called who was in that coffin at the end of season four. And I will just leave it at that because I don't want to give that. it away. But I, I called are. that from moment one seeing that coffin. All right. All right. Next up, we've got our buddy, the king, the king, uh, the king of our times. Halls and Will. Congratulations on two years, and may the fourth be with you, and all of that. I've been re-watching The Clone Wars with my son Luke. <laughs> Fuck yeah. And combined with that, combined with what we've seen in the seasons of Rebels, Mandalore has been on my mind a lot, my man. It seems like we'll see it again in Rebels Season 4, but for a long time I was thinking that was it. We never see it in other forms, particularly movies. Mandalore has a look perfect for animation, and all those Mandalorian commandos with their jetpacks and wrist doohickeys, there's no way that could come off in live action, right? But what if I'm wrong? Pablo himself said that Mandalore encompasses more than a thousand systems, planets, and we don't know the final, fe final fate of Boba Fett or how Mandalore fare fared after the fall of the Empire. What if they haven't told us yet any of this because Mandalore itself, not necessarily Boba Fett, will be the focus of the next anthology film. Ooh, King Tom came in on episode 299 with our two-year anniversary, coming straight for me. He did. He's, he's stroking me off through email. Jesse's going to start getting jealous. Sir, sure, Boba Fett could play a part, but it will tell the story of the Mandalorian people themselves. Besides, forget what I said earlier. Mandalorian Mandalore would look great on the big screen. And all of those Mandalorian commandos with their jetpacks, jetpacks and wrist doohickeys would come off incredibly in live action. I'm willing for my first instinct about this to be wrong. But that goes for any topic except Kia D. Mundy. No way I'm wrong about that dim-witted, cock-headed motherfucker. Thanks for reading and putting on my favorite podcast, Your Pal, King Tom. Thank you, King Tom. For real. 
for real. Thank you, King Tom. Um, so, <clears throat> uh, I know you're not super caught up on Rebels, so let me give you a quick sort of rundown of what's been going on as far as Mandalore and the Mandalorians are concerned in Rebels. Okay. So, in this last season, mm, Sabine found the Darksaber in, like, Darth Maul's bachelor pad, and she took possession of it. And then she went to, I can't remember the name of the planet, but she went to the planet where, like, her family is holed up. It's not Mandalore itself. It's another system sort of in Mandalorian control. Right. And um, basically, there's a section of the Mandalorians that have joined the Empire, and they have a guy that's, like, their leader, and so they're like Imperial Commando or Imperial Mandalorians, basically. Mandalorians right. working with the Empire. And Sabine faces off with him uh, using the Darksaber. He's got the Darksaber. She's got Ezra's lightsaber. They have a bit of a, a lightsaber duel. Ooh, excuse me. Uh, he ends up not making it in the end. And Sabine stays with her family saying that they need to find someone to lead Mandalore. Then the Mandalorians come in and help in the season finale and try to help the rebels uh, defend their base um, on whatever planet it, that is. I can't remember. But basically, um, it looks like um, that the Mandalorians will probably be a pretty big focus in season four. In fact, in Rebels Recon, um, after they aired the season finale, there's a screenshot of some concept art that Dave Filoni showed that was this huge battlefield just littered with beaten up Mandalorian armor. So my thoughts is that we will see Mandalore in season four, but I do not think it's going to go well for them. Um, and I know, I don't know any spoiler elements, but I know that the episode of Rebels that they showed um, at Celebration this year from season four dealt with Mandalore in some capacity. So I think it sort of tied into the whole Mandalorian thing. Um, there's also been hints that Sabine helped the Empire build some terrible weapon before she left her family and stuff. So... Um, uh, you know, it's going to be interesting to say the least. If we'll, I'm sure we'll see whatever this weapon is. I'm sure it'll be, you know, the reason she is so beat up about, you know, what went on with her family and the empire and stuff. So, yeah. Um, I would dig a Mandalorian movie. Like, when I say oh, I want a, yeah. a Boba Fett movie, it doesn't have to necessarily even be just Boba Fett. As much as I would love that, if he's just in the mix, um, you know, in the whole Mandalorian plot line going forward, that would be cool with me. Now, our buddy Sal also brought it up to me that, oh, fuck, what is the name of the character that Jon Favreau plays in The Clone Wars? Um, shit. He's he's the guy that has the dark saber in the Clone Wars. Um, like the leader of the Mandalorian Death Watch. Death he's Watch, the, yeah. Um, 
he um he basically says that uh Django Fett was basically exiled um from he play he's pre Vizsla. That's his name. Pre Vizsla. There you go, pre Vizsla. <coughs> so is is Boba Fett even really considered a Mandalorian? Or is he like disgraced because his father was ex- exiled and things like that? You know, who knows, man? Who knows? What kind of accent does Django Fett have? Uh, New Zealand. Is it New- okay, New Zealand? Well, he yeah, I mean he's Maori, right? Which is from New Zealand. Um. So, um, and the other, I mean, I, man. I'm having trouble, trouble staying on topic right now. I'm fading, guys. I'm fading. It's the allergies. It is, man. They're hitting me hard. I'm so sorry, guys. Um, I think it would be awesome to have a Mandalorian anthology movie, and um, it it wouldn't necessarily have to, you know, speak of Boba Fett, but I think it would be, I think it would be interesting if towards the end, it kind of set the Django Fett, Boba Fett thing in place. If if the beginning was, like, maybe you tell a story of the Mandalorian somewhere in the middle. Like, somewhere about what's going on on Mandalore, either during the um, original trilogy years or the the prequel trilogy years. But... Okay. I, I would like to see ancient Mandalore, like just for just for like a few minutes, or just for you know, like I want to see because the Mandalorians are supposed to be like a warrior culture, right? Right. Like basically, kind of Klingon, like you know, battle and death, death Honor. and battle before everything, honor and all that stuff, right? Right. It'd be cool to see, I don't know why I think this, but like ancient Mandalorian armor, like maybe there is no visor in that T in the front. It's just like a helmet with that cut out. Like that's how you see the person. Well, I mean, you know, they set up the idea of the first Mandalorian Jedi and rebels, Tar Vizsla, right? Tar Vizsla? I believe that's his name. He's the guy who built the Darksaber and he was the first Mandalorian Jedi. I want to see that in a movie or in animation <laughs> or in a video game or in my, my fantasies. Like I want to see that story so bad. That's yeah, taking cool. literally my favorite two things in star Wars, Mandalorians and Jedi and smooshing them together. Like oh, I'm, smoosh. I'm all about that idea. That's an epic smoosh. That is an epic smoosh. So, like peanut butter and jelly or macaroni and cheese. I am reading uh, up on uh, our buddy Django Fett from the old Wikipedia. So just so you guys know, um, it says he was he claimed to be born on the planet Concord Dawn, which is a Mandalorian world. He wore Mandalorian armor after becoming a bounty hunter and assassin for hire, a fact that led the officials of Mandalore to disavow any connection to Fett, claiming he was simply a bounty hunter who somehow stole an artifact from their planet's troubled past. And I assume they mean the armor. Um, And then it also says, um, 
During Kenobi's visit to planet Mandalore, he had a brief conversation with Prime Minister Almec. Prime Minister Almec is uh, the dickhead who tried to take Mandalore over from Duchess Satine. Uh, about the late Jedi, Jango Fett. Almec declared that the bounty hunter was not a Mandalorian despite the armor he wore. So that's twice that they sort of have said that despite the fact that... Armor does not a Mandalorian make. Right. So are they going to continue with that thought and and say Jango wasn't a Mandalorian, therefore Boba Fett is not Mandalorian even though he doesn't wear the armor? Um, I mean, that may come into play with the Boba Fett story. He may, you know, he might may choose to like retain or regain his Mandalorian status, or he may choose to say, screw it and just be, I'm Boba Fett. I don't, I don't need your approval as a Mandalorian. Right. Well, how cool would it be if Boba Fett gets out of the Sarlacc and then, you know, after he heals and recovers, he decides to go to Mandalore and try to regain his honor. What if he has to be put through some trial on Mandalore to become a Mandalorian or to be re readded to the fold of Mandalore? You, if you see what I'm saying, like that, yeah. I I would be all about that. That would be badass. Is the concept of the leader of the Mandalorians known as Mandalore? Is that still the case in Rebels? Honestly, I don't think it is. Because I, I knew that was the case in the comics. I wondered if that had made it Yeah, to... and eventually Boba Fett became Mandalore. Mandalore, yeah. In, in, like, you know, the new Jedi Order books and stuff, I believe. So, you know, it'll be interesting. Like, as much as I love Boba Fett, would he necessarily be the best candidate to be Mandalore, the leader of the Mandalorians? The leader of the Mandalorians? I don't Maybe. know that he shows much leadership. Right, like, he seems like he would be a valuable asset, but I don't know if he is a leader. But, man, you, you hear people talking about, oh, Boba Fett, there's nothing to him. He's one dimension. Like, here's how you add some dimension. You, yeah. you make him have to go through some crazy trial to be, become a Mandalorian, to be considered a Mandalorian, to earn the armor and the title of Mandalorian. And you put him through that struggle, and I, I'm just saying I would be Real down with that. Real down with that. But who knows? Who knows? They may not even do Boba Fett in a movie. Nobody seems to want it. Breaking my damn heart. All right. So we got one last email, and it's from our good buddy, Vader Nick. Vader Nick. Oh, actually, we got two. Sorry. Pause and Will, your boy Vader Nick here, feeling a little bummed out that I wasn't able to make Star Wars Celebration along with Will. Out of everyone in this community, you two are my number one friends to meet in person. I've just got to arrange some time to either go to a con or just my, wake my, make my way to Bama. But I gotta tell you, Halls, the way Jesse keeps churning out the amazing looking food porn, Bama may be the more enticing option. But one way or another, we gotta ha- hang out, go to dinner, and get some beers. With all my emotional drivel out of the way, I'm sitting here on May the 4th watching the Star Wars Marathon on TBS and just got done with the start of Empire, and two things have never bothered me before piqued my interest today that I wanted to get y'all's opinion on. Number one, Luke gets captured by the Wampa. Fine, I'm good with that, that, sure. 
But we cut to the cave. How the fuck does the Wampa gets Luke Luke's feet frozen in the ice upside down? I mean, we got a couple of things wrong here, right? First off, the Wampa has the means to melt ice and refreeze it. On top of that, frozen upside down? Isn't that impossible? Wouldn't melted ice, a.k.a. water, just fall to the ground? This ever twist your nips? Well, I'll tell you why it doesn't twist my nips. Uh, Nick, is because I actually know how he did it. Let the beard of knowledge educate you a little bit here. So the Wampa, they freeze, they hang their their prey upside down because for storage issues and also because they, they don't eat it all at once. That's brutal, I know, but he had a tauntaun to eat. So basically he was putting Luke in the cold storage like the giant slabs of beef in Rocky, right? Like a meat locker. Now, how did the Wampa do that? Well, okay, so he had a little crevice carved into the ceiling, and Hoth is so cold that any liquid freezes immediately. So, as much as you don't want to hear this, Luke's feet were frozen to that ceiling with Wampa piss. No way. That's how they do that? That's how it happens. I mean, it's not like it's... I mean, it's it's smooth and glossy in that scene. You know, it's like like a reverse puddle. It's not icicles up there. Mm-hmm. That's Wampapis. That's Wampapis. When three people well hydrated because it's not yellow. No, well, I mean, is... there's lots of water. I mean, he eats ice too. That's how he gets his hydration. He's a yeah. healthy Wampa until he gets that arm cut off. Yeah. Number two, when three PO approaches Leia in the hangar, he calls her Mistress Leia. Doesn't this insinuate she is in a relationship? I'm not sure if this is the only time he refers to her as such, but why? Is this meant to imply a relationship between her and Han? For all my years, I always understood it that throughout the film, Han and Luke were both still vying for her attention. What the hell is 3PO implying here? Looking forward to hearing y'all's reply, and for the love of God, we need a gaming night. It's been far too long. Take care, Vader Nick. Um... I don't think mistress is necessarily just meant in like, oh, she's my mistress. But just so you know, three PO and Leia were having there were some shenanigans going on between old Goldenrod and and Princess Leia. That's why he calls her mistress Nick. But I'm just kidding. Like, am I wrong, Will? Like, mistress can also be. It's a, it's it's one of those terms that can be used towards royalty, your highness, mistress, you know, like Right. I I think it's multi purpose. I don't think it's okay, so, insinuating like, you know, status in a relationship, like Miss or Mrs. So here we go. Um, mistress. Noun. A woman in position of authority or control. That's that is how three PO means mistress in there she is because maybe she wasn't a she wasn't a general yet right a woman having an extramarital sexual relationship especially with a married man now that's what vic vic vader nick vader nickelback is assuming he means by mistress in that scene but it's more the position of power or authority right all right, so next up we have one last email and it's from our buddy luke halls and will happy two the- years Hmm? I was going to say the last thing in that email, I don't think we we just glossed over, but I don't think Luke was vying for Leia's attention. Oh. Like, 
I disagree. You disagree? You still think Luke had the hots for Leia? I think, yeah. Yeah, did you not see that face when she kisses him in the med bay? I mean, he's surprised and he's glad that she did, but he didn't run after after her. Like, he wasn't asking her on a date. He wasn't warming up her hands. He didn't sacrifice going to Dagobah to hang out with her. Like, Well, yeah, but that's just because, well, A, he can't sacrifice going to, like, sacrificing uh going to Dagobah to hang out go hang out with a lady is not a good call. He made the right call there. And secondly, just because he's not like the smooth talker that Han Solo is. It's the difference between how you woo a lady and how I woo a lady. Like you're all smooth. You're your ass crusher will be like, hey, come over, let's watch some some TV and let's see what happens. And me, I'm all like, oh, would you maybe like to go out sometime and get some tacos? I'm just saying, it's a difference in courting. And then after Empire Strikes Back, like Luke is like, I don't got time for it. My dad is Darth Vader. Han Solo's captured. Like, I think after that point, after Empire, I think, and clearly after about, you know, the first 30 minutes of Jedi, he, he's like... <coughs> <coughs> and maybe it's just because we don't see any downtime or, you know, have any context clues but they get awfully close in splinter of the mind's eye which is not considered canon but they definitely get close and in retrospect it's creepy halls and will this is from luke halls and will happy two years fellas i found you guys around episode 30 and haven't looked back to celebrate this occasion i have an epic soul searching question for halls Uh uh-oh If you had a chance between being a master and friend to all animals or live in the Star Wars galaxy as a character of your choosing, which option would you take? To make it a little harder, here are some ridiculous ground rules. If you choose Star Wars, you have access to the Force, lightsabers, spaceships, and of course, robot legs. But all animals hate you and will attack you on sight which means no pets either, and you can't use the Force to change their mind. That is unfair. He knew where I was going to go with this, because I was going to be that. like, I'm going to be a Jedi. Jedi can like Force commune with animals and be friends with them all. If you chose the Beastmaster route, you can befriend any animal and control them. So you can ride tigers, snuggle with koalas, and have chimps throw shit at your enemies. But you are tied to Earth forever, and you can never again watch Star Wars. What? Oh my Han- god. Oh. I I know the I know your answer. To throw one more wrench into this, I'd like Will to say what he thinks Halls would choose first. Oh, okay, hold on. And for Halls to give the correct answer afterwards. Happy anniversary, guys. Here's to many more years of the best podcasting around. Your friend Luke. Thanks, buddy. All right, what do you think my answer is, Will? As begrudgingly as you would give up Star Wars, in order to commune with animals, you'd choose the Beastmaster route. You're wrong. Really? No. I, I, as bad you would as give I, up communing with animals for Star Wars. This is the thing. Like, I would love to. Like, if I could commune with Walter right now, I'm looking at him. He's all curled up on top of our fucking internet router because it's warm, and he's always getting in trouble for it. But damn it, he just likes to get up there and curl up, and he looks so damn cute. If I communicate with him right now. I would be okay with that. I would love that. If I could, you know, hang out and spoon with tigers and I could go to Australia and just be surrounded by fucking koalas and kangaroos. They could be your best friend. They could talk to you. Right. But 
this is the other. Now, do I have to go to, he didn't say this. So as long as I can take my friends and family into the Star Wars universe with me, that's a no-brainer. We get to take you and Jesse and all of our moisture farmers and friends and family and we get to go live in the Star Wars universe. None of us are ever sick again. If we get sick, we just go in a fucking back to tank. We've Even got if spaceships. Walter White hates you and avoids you? Uh, that one's tough. You didn't... Uh. <laughs> oh, man, he tried to break your heart with his emails. Luke, you're breaking my heart. Jesse, going down a path I can't follow. Jesse even thinks it would be the animals, but I'm telling you, like, as bad as I want to pet a tiger, you like, wouldn't give that up for the force. I wouldn't give that up to the the wrinkle is that I could never watch Star Wars again. That is the wrinkle. It's I get to hang out with animals, all, any animal I want, but I never get to watch Star Wars again. You that could one's... gather them round the fire and tell them the story of Luke Skywalker. Yeah, yeah, because that's great. That's way better than watching Star Wars is listening to me tell the story of Star Wars. Boba Fett would be showing up more than he did in the special edition. And I'd be like, and then <laughs> Luke was standing watching the twin sons of Tatooine slowly fade down across the horizon as this beautiful John Mu John Williams music played. And I would play him the music because he never said I couldn't listen to Star Wars music. And I'd play the music, and then I'd say, and right before the scene cut, who came walking across the screen looking majestic and badass as, as fuck? Boba Fett. Cut to Boba Fett on a speeder bike, slow ride playing in the background. <laughs> but, yeah, I think I would go with Star Wars. See, the thing is, is like, if I went to Star Wars, if, if I went and lived in Star Wars... I would take Walter White, and even though he hate, would hate me and attack me on sight, I could be like, before I left for the Star Wars universe, I'd, I'd sit down with Walter and I'd hold him and I'd be like, buddy, we're going to go to the magical Star Wars land. You're going to go have to w live with like Will or somebody, and we can't see any each other because you're going to hate me, and I can't have that, but oh, this is rough. I don't like this. I don't like this. I don't like this one bit. I don't like it. I don't like it. Oh, oh Lord. I don't know. Maybe it would be the animals. Because, I mean, I don't have aspirations of riding a tiger around like goddamn He-Man. I just want to pet one. I just want one beautiful, like, 20 minutes to hang out with a tiger where, like, I can pet him, scratch him behind his ears. He rolls over on his back like Walter and I rub his belly a little bit. Maybe I throw a giant ball of yarn for him and he runs and he plays with it. Maybe I've got like one of those, you know, those cat wands that's like the stick with the, the feather and the string. A giant one of those and I'm playing with him. You know, hang out with a bear. Same thing. Like I just want to pet him. I just want to pet him. I don't know that I want to be like Beast Man. I mean, okay, yeah, riding a tiger to work every day would be pretty fucking sick. I mean, I would be that guy. They'd be like, he'd be He-Man. Yeah, people would be like, you know that that Halls guy? He rides a motherfucking tiger. But this is the thing. Once again, I can take my entire free. If I can take, if I'm going by myself to the Star Wars universe, fuck that. I don't want to leave everybody behind. That's not worth it. But if I and he never said I couldn't. So as long as I can take all you guys, all my friends, all my family, 
to the Star Wars universe. Like I said, none of you guys get sick ever again. If you do, just pop you in the back to tank for a little while. You and I can go fucking gallivanting around space on adventures. We could be Jedi, lightsabers, the Force, robot legs, X-Wings. I could have a motherfucking X-Wing. We could explore the galaxy. Explore the galaxy. Ooh, fight evil. Or pet animals. Exotic animals. Fuck. I can't decide. Well, I think that's going to do it for us this week, buddy. Thank you so much for taking the time to record with me. You know I love it. Uh, next week, guys, our 100th episode. Woo woo! 100! 100! 100! If you like our award-winning theme song, then please support the band that was kind enough to donate the music to us. They are Stoned Cobra, and you can get them on iTunes, on Spotify, and at stonedcobra.bandcamp.com. They're playing a show this Saturday at the Nick. That should be a good time. Um... Leave us reviews on iTunes. Rate and review us on iTunes. Five stars if you do not mind. That helps us out a whole lot. Follow Will on Twitter at WillWitten3. And until next week, this has been Blue Harvest, and I've been your host, Halls Burkhart. And I'm your host, Will Witten. May the Force be with you. May the Force be with all of you. May the Force be with us. <laughs>